You're listening to Pride Perspectives. We bring a rotating cast of Hofstra community members together to talk about their lived experience. This fall, we'll be tackling a wide range of topics from the election to horror movies to Hofstra history and everything in between with diverse perspectives that our community has to offer. My name is Lorraine Messiah, and I will be your host today. Now, let's get to our guests. Today we are joined by Allison Bonacci and Samantha klockner Shishinsky. hopefully I said that correctly, and we are going to be talking about life as a mom in higher ed, and welcome ladies, thank you for joining us. So please introduce yourself, tell us your position, and then tell us, what do you do to practice self-care? Hey everybody, um, I'm Allison Vernacci. I'm the Tideline Coordinator for Student Issues here at Hofstra. Um, and I've been in this role for the past three and a half years, but I've been at Hofstra for the past five and a half years. Hi everyone, I'm Sam Klockner Soshinsky. I'm an Assistant Director in the Office of Student Leadership and Engagement. I've been in this role for the last three and a half years. Um, and so I work with a lot of our student organizations on campus, um, our orientation staff and orientation programs, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you both for being here. So, Sam, we'll start with you, the first question. What do you do for self-care? Yeah, self-care is something that I think has changed for me since um, having uh, my daughter uh, six months ago. Um, for me, self-care is taking time to kind of separate myself from uh, social media, from my phone, from my email, um, just taking a moment to kind of reflect on how I'm feeling, whether that is, you know, expressing gratitude, saying like one thing that I'm thankful for that day. I started doing that on Instagram too with some some of my friends um, just to kind of like get the positivity from other people too to um to practice a little bit of self-care, but my biggest uh, form of self-care really is exercise. Um, I started before I had my daughter, but really getting back into, you know, spending some time cycling, um, spending some time doing yoga, strength exercises, even just like going outside and taking a walk um, has really been something that I look forward to um, that is kind of just disconnecting from you know, everything else and everyone else, <laughs> um, and maybe just focusing in on my family. What about you, Allison? What do you do for self-care? So for me, I mean, similar to Sam, um, yoga is really, really important to me. Also like meditation. Um, so I'm not always the greatest at getting to those two things, um, especially mid-pandemic wise, um, but I think that, you know, definitely there's a, a different spin to the day when you're able to, and so, you know, those are kind of my go-tos for self-care, but also really disconnecting from the news, um, social media, emails, and just like shutting down at a certain point, you know, during the day, and if anything is really important, then someone's going to find a way to get in touch with you um, in another way, and so you don't need to necessarily be connected um, to those types of outlets throughout your, you know, evening and into the night um, has been really important to me, but I think in the beginning, after having Luca, it was really hard to disconnect and really hard to take care of yourself, um, 
And I know for me, getting back and forth to campus, it's a long commute. So, you know, sometimes that commute time was kind of the self-care time when I'd be able to like listen to a podcast or do something else. And so it's been different now not having that commute as frequently than trying to find time to really disconnect yourself and to um, flip the script from being like work Allison to mommy Allison. Um, and, you know, finding a different way to do that to then use that time that would have been spent on a commute to then use that time for like yoga or meditation or something else, um, you know, when you're not able to so easily, uh, you know, have that like physical <laughs> space and that, that, that time um, where you're forced almost to flip, uh, you know, the expectations of your role once you get home. Thank you. So we're going to shift gears. How does being a mother affect your work and your experience at Hofstra? So maybe tell us a little bit about how you worked before mommy mode and after mommy mode, because I know for me, pre-children, it was a different experience. And then post-child, it's a completely different experience. So Allison, we'll start with you. So for me, um, before children, it was a lot easier to just stay connected all the time um, and to be really, really absorbed into taking things home um, and to like emotionally take things home, not necessarily physically. Like I didn't necessarily maybe have a, a job to complete that night, but I would still be, my head would still be there. Um, and I think that, you know, after having children, it's become easier to disconnect. One, because I think you're busier <laughs> and you don't necessarily have the time in your head and space in your, to think about, um, you know, and, and bring home so much of your day with you. Um, and so that's something that I've noticed has been a really big difference for me. Um, but it's also, I think now I've almost become better at managing my time in a more efficient way. Um, when I have 30 minutes, like, you know, there's so much more that I can accomplish now in 30 minutes than I ever thought I could have accomplished before. Um, and so I think that I've gotten really skilled at managing my time effectively when I have it. Um, and nap times, I mean, are like precious and sacred and I'm terrified for the day that they don't exist anymore um, because those, that two hours or two and a half hours, now Sam, it, it does go down at some point. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that time, like, you know, the, the, the efficiency with which I can get things done during that time, um, whether it be for work or for self-care or just, you know, otherwise has, um, greatly increased. And so that's something that I've kind of noticed is that I'm, I'm much more, uh, I'm much better at using the time that I have efficiently than I was before. Sam, what about you? It's funny that uh, Allison mentioned nap time because we're transitioning from three naps to two naps now. Um, so I'm going through that right now where I'm like, oh, no, one has dropped and there goes that time. Um, but um, I think in in this field, it's really easy before you have children, easier to be like, yes, I'm going to stay later. Yes, I'm going to have events and be present and do these things. And especially working in student leadership and engagement where we're having events and we're having clubs um, hosting things and we want to be present in the student life that's happening. I think um, I was always the one to be like, I'll stay late or I would stay in my office and be like, I would call my husband and I'd be like, listen, like, I'm going to get some paperwork done. I'm going to do some things and then I'll see you like at seven or you can eat dinner by yourself and, you know, we'll see you later. Um, where now, the time that I am in the office, um, 
or even at home, it's really focusing, like Allison was saying, like, what time do I have? What do I need to accomplish? And like really honing in and trying to focus and getting those things done. Um, and I think I've always been really into like managing my time and utilizing my calendar and, you know, making sure like if I have something due Friday, I'm not, you know, just having time to complete it on Friday. I'm making time out in my schedule and blocking off, you know, meetings that, you know, potentially I would hold for other folks, other offices or other students. Um, utilize that time to do whatever work um so i think i'm continuing that now it is definitely much smaller uh bits of time um and as far as um, the commute is concerned like i take that time i'm very lucky um my mother watches my daughter um during the day for me so when i am working at home for the you know the rotation that we have within our office um i am you know, able to drop my daughter off, get some work done. Although I find myself like asking my parents, like, hey, can I work from your like kitchen table? You know, like I want to be here and see her um, and get these things done. Um, so it's just interesting how like that's shifted. Also where I'm like, okay, it's five o'clock. I'm going to work till 530. I have to go pick up um, my daughter from, you know, my mom. And then I'll come back and like like Allison was saying too, like your brain kind of just like switches where you're like, okay, now like I'm in mommy mode and now I'm focusing on like, did you eat enough today? Like, how are you feeling? You know, is it time to take a bath, read a book, do these things um, while also balancing like just being a human, right? And that time now that I would say like, okay, yeah, I'm going to work, you know, and answer these emails. Like I'm finding like I need that hour for myself or I need that, that 30 minutes for myself. So it definitely has shifted. And I mean, with COVID, you know, so much of our work has shifted too, where we're not having in-person events um, or they're very limited. Um, so I, you know, I think of it as, you know, I'm constantly thinking what would life be like if it wasn't COVID and I have a small child and my the expectation is that I'm here at work versus now where I do have that like, there aren't these things happening and now I can focus on my child. So I go back and forth. So I'm interested in like, Alice, I'm not hosting this at all whatsoever. I'm just interested, you know, like, you know, both of you, you know, how do you like balance that? Because I've, I've only experienced motherhood in a pandemic. So my work is different um, and how I do work is different all around, right? Even, you know, I, I had her in May and so I was working for two months, you know, when, when everything started and then, you know, was on maternity leave and then now coming back to this. So I'm, I'm always interested to hear the perspectives because like how I work is, is different, you know? So for me, it's a little different just because um, Luca's 19 months now. So, and my work's different too. So it's not necessarily appropriate for him to be at late night events that I would have to be at um, just with the nature of the, the content of the events and the, the topics generally being discussed. Um, but I think generally to Lorraine's point, yes, I, I, I do feel the same sense of where, you know, at some point <laughs> he can come to campus and, and, and go to things like Fall Fest and Family Weekend and, you know, other like larger like um, student activities, engagement related type events. But as far as like the Title IX sexual violence, piece of things, it's not so 
feasible and and appropriate for him to be at those types of events. And so for me, it's a little bit more difficult in that regard um, where I can't, and I also have a really long commute. So it wouldn't necessarily be possible for without me going home first and then bringing him back to then even have him come to something on the weekend or at night. It's just so much work in and of itself just to get there and back. And by that point, the event's probably already almost over. Um, but I mean, it was difficult. Um, honestly, you know, I was generally gone 14 hours a day, 12 to 14 hours a day. Um, and then he would be going to bed by like eight o'clock. Um, and then, I mean, I think closer to his like one-year-old birthday, we started realizing me and my husband that like this bedtime time just like wasn't working anymore and we needed him to stay up later. And even though like that's counterintuitive to like everything that you hear and read and like your kids should be going to bed by whatever time and like when they're this age, that's too late and whatever, like we did not see him. Um, and so it was to the point where, I mean, we would see him maybe two hours total a day. Um, and then I think that then also made him wake up a lot more in the middle of the night because then he just wanted to see us because he just didn't have that contact um and so i mean i you know while the pandemic has been um really strenuous and difficult and um emotional it also has been the longest that i've ever spent with him since he's been born far longer than my maternity leave and you know the the one silver lining that i can take from it is is that you know at 501 or 530 whenever you decide to like call it quits for your work day there's no hour and a half commute that's separating you from then, you know, being able to spend time with your family. And so that for me has been, you know, one of the few silver linings that I think that I can take from it. I'm sure you too, Sam, because um, it was hard in the beginning having such long days to be away. Um, and then really, you know, even more so than change your perspective when you came home, like you were like, I'm not going on my phone. I'm not doing xyz um because you felt like at that point like i only have like 45 more minutes before my you know child goes to bed and then i won't you know see them for a few hours until they wake up or in the morning <laughs> so um but i think that yeah you know definitely there's the feeling and the sense that you can you know bring your kids around but just harder for me with the work that i do because of the nature of it well I'll, I'll take on that, that question a little bit. For me, what I appreciated about, you know, working here at Hofstra was that because we work in DSA and we have so many events for had pre-pandemic, we had so many events for students, it was really easy to just bring my kid with me because all the kids would be like, oh, hey. You know, and it was it was really like a family kind of thing. And they would know, oh, that's Miss Lorraine's daughter. Oh, you know, that's so-and-so's son, you know. And it would just, you know, like the kids grew up on campus kind of thing. So I felt always fortunate that we had the opportunity to bring our children to work to such events, to carnivals, to speakers, two things when we had late night events. So I, I always felt that this was like a good family oriented type of environment. I know people don't always have that level of luxury to do that. And, you know, I jokingly said to our VP Houston that um, there's a picture of him moving day and it's my nephew from Florida. It's my daughter and it's Nikki's son. And I was like, 
this is really like a family picture, you know, that our vice president, the, the man who runs our department is taking pictures with our college students who attend Hofstra. And to me, that was like, it, it was like, it felt good as a parent to know that Houston knows our children's names right? Like how many people in their work environment can say that their vice president knows their children's names, can recognize them if they were passing on the street, and that our children had access to him if needed be? You know, I remember my daughter telling me a story that um, Houston had come into their class and talked about his career and just being able to ask him questions and have that level of intimacy with our boss, you know? So on the outside, I think it's like kind of weird that we have that level. But for me, I always felt the, a certain level of comfort in that. So that's how it was for me, you know, and my, my daughter's a little bit older, so she's a student here. So, so let's shift gears a little bit for some of our parenting uh, students, what advice would you have for them as they try to balance school, maybe a part-time job and parenting? Samantha, you can go first. Wow. Um, first, you know, I want to give my gratitude to folks that are figuring out how to, you know, be a parent, go to school, work, do all of the things because, um, everything is, it requires so much energy and effort. Um, and that's, you know, in and of itself, like that is amazing. Um, I think it's really finding what your support system is um, and communicating, I think is the biggest thing. Um, I know right now I'm looking to go back to school and get another degree. And my husband's also like, I want to go back to school and, and, and study. And it's, communicating um, with your partner, um, if that's available, or family, um, or friends, whatever your support circle looks like, um, in communicating what your your needs are, and the boundaries, and the expectations. Um, and I think that's even, like, so much harder in COVID, because you might be separated from your support system, whether by mileage or um, comfort level of seeing other people or having your child around other folks. Um, if you need, you know, childcare um, or the financial implications of what COVID has done to, to families um, as well. So I think there are so many, so many factors, but just figuring out what it is that you need communicating that with with the support that, that you, you are able to find. And then also utilizing campus resources, right? So figuring out what, you know, here at Hofstra's campus, like what is available for parents? Um, you know, is, is there support for, for parents here at Hofstra um, or any other institution that folks are attending? I think that's another conversation <laughs> that we could be having um, about support services, um, but, as far as my my best advice really is just being able to say like hey this is what i i need and and communicating that to the folks that that can help you thank you allison so um i think my biggest thing is just to be gentle and kind on yourself i think that we beat ourselves up so much 
um, for not having like the perfectly balanced dinner or the lunch prepped or the, you know, clean house or the, you know, dirty floors, whatever it is. I think that it's just, we need to be kinder to ourselves and give ourselves more grace than we do. Um, because no matter what we're doing, we're all doing our best. And I don't think that we, I think that we see that in other people, but I don't think that we necessarily always see that in ourselves. Um, and, and Sam, like you said, I mean, my husband's back in school now. Um, and I, and, you know, for us, it was really a joint decision of like, you know, our roles will have to change slightly from where they were, you know, 10 months ago. Um, and, and what will that look like? And then are, you know, both of us prepared to take on different work than we normally would have had, you know, like in our, our normal day. Um, but I mean, it's hard and it's, uh, you know, definitely relying on other people and like finding, I mean, you know, like everyone always talks about like your like, like tribe of like mothers that you can just turn to. But I mean, there's things that I tell my friends who are not in relationships. And then there's things that I text my friends about who are moms. Um, it's like two separate group chats going because it's just like, there's some stuff that like, you know, you just need that group who can just be like, yep. And, you know, things might be really bad right now. And that's like, you know, and it's okay and it's fine. And, you know, and, and, and it'll get better the next day. Um, and so I think that that, you know, perspective is really important and to find those people who can kind of lift you up and not like just those people on like Instagram that you follow who then tell you like everything's going to be good and everything's going to get better. And everyone has those days, but like real people who you can talk to and who you can, you know, reach out to. And I know there's like apps that help connect you to like moms in your area and things like that. And I don't know how successful those are, but you know, really, however you find that group, whether you're new to an area or you've been there forever and you have like, you know, longtime friends who you can turn to her and kind of the same boats as you. But I think just being, you know, above all else, just being kind, you know, um, giving yourself some grace and just recognizing at the end of the day, like, you know what, yeah, I did do a lot. And it didn't feel like a lot, maybe, but you did. Um, and I know Sam had mentioned earlier, like finding one thing each day that like makes you happier that you're thankful for. But ever since Luba was born, I've always kept like a happy journal of like one thing a day in my phone that like I have a reminder that goes off every night at 730. And every week, every day I have to write something in my phone. Um, and I won't turn it off until I do it, whether it be that I did it right then and there, or it took me three hours to get to it. I won't turn that reminder off until I take care of it and you know just reflecting on one thing that day that made you happy and I mean you can make it about anything but I think that's really important because um we're so busy all the time that we never just sit back and be like you know at that time that you know your child looked at you in that way or said you know two words together like you forget how happy that made you the first time you heard it and so I think that that's something really important and really just brings everything else just into focus I mean I think that you know especially with the pandemic, like, I mean, children are just so innocent and they're so um, uplifting and happy and they, they don't have a care in the world, you know, besides when their next meal is coming and if they can go play or do X, Y, Z or sleep or whatever it is, like, you know, and so I think really, you know, honing in on, on that um, and making that like your focus as you go through everything else helps. Thank you. All right. One last question before we end. What policies would you like to see to be more supporting of parents on campus and students who are parents? What policies would you like to see put in place? Allison. So I, I think for me, I know, you know, I did have a few years ago that working group um, for pregnant students and parenting support and we established some like new lactation spaces and resources for parents. But I think that um, 
you know, by and large, having more spaces for, for parenting students to come together. And I think we see that primarily, you know, within the graduate um, student population, but, you know, really having still space for any parenting student to come together and find support and seek out, you know, other students who are kind of in the same boat. I think that that's really helpful because I think that, like I said earlier, like you need your group of people who you can turn to. And so I think that, you know, college is a great place for students to come together who have interests in um, sports and, and, you know, certain clubs and organizations and activities, but there's no like central space for students to gather around. Like we are all going through the same life changes together in this regard. Um, and so I think that that would be something that'd be really, you know, I think important um, for, 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 for students to be able to then identify that within their own community when they might feel like the you know, outlier within their class or their program, not seeing other people maybe you know, going through the same things with a child um, and then having that you know, additional support where they could then connect with their peers. But I also think for like the employee side of things, um, having you know clearly delineated like resources available. Like I felt like there, and I don't know. Um, I feel like I need like a resource pamphlet of like here's people in your community who you could like turn to and talk to. And I think like my coworkers were great sounding boards for like when I was just real tired and it was like a terrible teething night and I was on like two hours of sleep. Um, and making it through, but I think having like substantial resources given to somebody when they're coming back from a maternity leave or a paternity leave where they can then, you know, reach out for counseling, mental health assistance, or just connections to community-based organizations or, um, uh, you know, childcare facilities, whatever it might be. Like, I, I feel like th those types of things would be really helpful to have, but I think that really above all else, you know, so much of this is, is you know, having a supervisor who's supportive and who understands, and, and you know, and I'm lucky enough that I had that, right, you know, my supervisor understood and uh, the, the struggles of not having sleep and, you know, the, the feelings of, you know, being overwhelmed coming back from a maternity leave um, and getting back into the swing of things and taking on those new roles. And I think having somebody, you know, within your job, especially your supervisor, who you can talk to about those types of things, because there are days when it's hard and there's are days when it's really easy. Um, and so I think, you know, having somebody who you can speak to, um, especially somebody who you can report to is really important too. But then coupling that with resources from your employer, I think is, is really important and helpful for um, parents returning to work. Thank you, Allison. Sam? I would have to agree with everything that Allison said. I mean, from the, the student perspective, I just think about also how many non-traditional students are joining um, colleges and even here at Hofstra that have, you know, children that are young, older, whatever. Um, you know, so I think that it's so important to, to create those spaces. And I think thinking about that, that now as, you know, we're, we're looking to navigate how are we connecting students during these these unprecedented times you know how can we create spaces for students to have those conversations because similar to Allison like I feel like on Instagram like I've talked to so many more people that like I've met throughout my lifetime um, that like I maybe have lost touch and like as soon as they found out that you know I had a baby like or that they just had a baby like it was all of a sudden this community that like like you said, Allison, like I'm texting them or messaging them questions or they're they're asking me things, you know, you know, asking for recommendations, um, you know, advice. And I think um I think that's so important. Um 
especially, you know, as a place where we're trying to build these connections and, and have these relationships be, um, be developed between our students, I think that's, that's so important too. Um, as far as the professional staff go, I 100% agree with everything you said as well. I think too, just adding on even like the leave process, um, navigating um, what that means and what that looks like for employees. Obviously, it might depend on um, you know whatever you know level of staff you are or unionized things like that. There are different policies and procedures to navigate, but. Um, I know that was a really big uh, concern that I had, you know, finding the information, you know, about what it looks like. I mean, I definitely talked to Allison, like, Allison, you just did this last year. Like, could you please, like, who do I talk to? Like, what do I need to do? Because it's not really outlined. And then the coming back process, um, you know, you're, you're given instructions of what you need to do and whatnot, but then it's like, then you're back and it's this weird world and again i'll use my example like i came back my day that i came back to campus was the same day that all employees came back to campus um so it was just this really weird like everybody's like whoa this is this is weird like this is my first day back and i'm like oh this is my first day back and they're like oh it's my first day back and i'm like we don't mean the same thing like you've been working all summer like i literally have no idea what's going on um and how to navigate this and like what what like what support that i have and like this is a lot of like i'm I have so many emotions that I'm feeling also, like being back to work and not being with my child um, for the first time. So like, this is, I don't, I don't think we're, we're miscommunicating at this moment, but, um, but I think um, providing those resources for um, employees coming back to work from maternity leave, paternity leave, whatever um, type of leave would be really important too. Um, Cause I know there are really great benefits through um, some of the resources that we have here um, for employees for um, mental health and, and things like that. And even in uh, New York State, there are a lot of really great resources. So I think kind of, I know things are always ever changing, right? We create resource guides all the time and then like things change, policies change, all that. Um, but I think it's important that we at least outline, here's where you can find that information or here's a person that you can talk to or this in this office um, would just be really, really helpful because it's already stressful trying to figure out like this new way of life right like where you were the number one priority before and now you're not and <laughs> you're trying to navigate that and going back to quote unquote you know your your old life or your old activities that you were doing before but now navigating it in in a space where you know your your focus kind of shifts a little bit so or a lot of it not even a little bit um so I'd have to agree with everything that you said Thank you, ladies, for being part of Pride Perspectives. Please join us again and stream us on all sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. If you have any ideas, please email studentaffairs at hofstra.edu for any ideas or any topics you'd like to see on Pride Perspectives. Again, thank you, Samantha Klockler-Strasinski and Allison Vernacci. We really appreciate you being part of the podcast and part of the Hofstra community and family, and have a good day. Thank you.